demon. I am the world. My format, super virus. My function, to bring unity to the net. All must hear. The world. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Mainframe Chronicle podcast, the best and most extensive reboot review podcast on the net. Certainly it's the most well-researched and has the sexiest voices. I would agree with that. <laughs> and also probably the only one. Not to lessen That's any true. of that other stuff that still stands, but I think it is the only one. Still. Yeah, don't sell us short. As always, I'm Daniel Jaynes. And I am Joey Morris. Yeah, yeah. We were just discussing that this uh, this is the penultimate episode of the original series. I learned that word from watching Breaking Bad, actually, penultimate. Really? I didn't even know what that meant. I learned it from my high school choir teacher. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, penultimate meaning second to last in a very pretentious way. <laughs> you must be a theater major. Me? Theater? Yeah, I was. <laughs> so how you been, Dan? I've been good. I've been working a lot and other stuff. And you, Joey? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't been doing too bad. I moved back in Evansville, uh, started school again, so that's been interesting. Um, just normal normal school stuff and work stuff. But, uh, no, I've been doing good. I mean, you've, you have some big news, though, don't you, Dan? I mean, I got engaged. I don't know how big that is. Most of the oh, people listening know. to this know that already. That's that's true. I'm assuming most of the people that listen to this are family and friends. I can't even get my family and friends to listen to it. So well done, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and if not, uh, then you guys should uh, email us in. Let us know like if you guys want <laughs> us to keep going and do um, the the. Else. The other stuff, the miscellaneous, because there's a reboot comic out there. There's a uh, um, the video game for the PlayStation. There's some trading cards. We can we can talk about that stuff and like go through it and discuss it. But really, I don't know if it's gonna happen without your guys' support. So That's just true. Uh, shoot us an email at mainframechronicle at gmail dot com and we'll we'll do that. Regardless, uh, big mainframe congratulations to uh, both of you and Devin. We're, you know, it'll be an awesome thing, I'm sure. Yes, I am sure as well. It shall be. <laughs> so, yeah, good. Ah! Okay, that's it. Get my agent on the bed window. What do you mean, we're... Live from the heart of the battle, it's Mike the TV. The scene here is in 
indescribable, so I won't even try. Um, okay, let's take a look. Well, there you have it. Will Pink Brain repel Damon's viral forces? Or will the overwhelming viral forces overwhelm? Only time will tell. Oh. Hey, Chantel, I forgot to mention the GameCube. Uh, can we go again? So, we'll uh, dive right into the episodes. This episode of our podcast, we are going to be discussing the first main, f- or reboot, m- air quotes, movie which is uh, the first four episodes of season four that they then edit down into one continuous movie that they then aired. And then next episode will be the other four episodes that turn into the other movie that make up season four. Yep. So uh, we're going to do it same way as usual. We'll discuss each episode and then we'll discuss the whole thing as a whole. And I have the first episode, which is episode 4.1.1. It's titled Daemon Rising. And it originally aired October 19th, 2001. Written by Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair, and Ian Weir, who I believe is a new name to our credits. Summary of this episode is Daemon's viral forces open mainframe to the net, and Bob and Matrix argue over how to defend their home against the Guardians. Bob orders Matrix into a GameCube to keep him from deleting them, and Hexadecimal comes to Bob's aid when his energy is drained by containing the invaders. Another Nullzilla forms and seems to have a voice that Dot, Enzo, and Matrix recognize. Their father... Da, da, da. Um. So yeah, good episode. Uh, first appearance of Mainframe's Twin City and of Daemon and all of her minions. Our so, glory. Yeah, her majestic French glory. <laughs> I guess that's where we can start with. What What do you think of Damon as a whole, like just as a character? I liked her. Uh, she's she's kind of cool. Um, watching it now from my twenty four year old perspective, and not as a child, the accent wasn't great for me. It it's like it was mostly French at times, but then sometimes it just felt like they tried too hard to make it French. Sure. But minor, minor thing, easy to overlook because she is very interesting, uh, very much like a religious cult leader kind of figure, something that you'd see in like Kevin Smith's Red State, for example. No, you're you're right, it, and it's a unique, I think, idea to not only make her a kid but make her French and just. As sweet as can be, besides the fact that she's consistently, de- you know, deleting people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I think I mentioned before in a previous podcast when um, Enzo was fighting that the big fire demon. That in my mind, I thought that was Damon for a second because I have, I've never seen this season. I, I had watched the show when I was younger, and I had flashbacks, and I kind of knew what was going on here and there. But I've never seen anything about Damon, so I'm coming into this with completely fresh eyes. So here I went from thinking that this 
fire demon fighting Enzo was Damon to this, I don't know, 13-year-old super virus with a terrible French accent. But it is, she's terrifying. She's oh, yeah. More, she's way more terrifying than the fire demon that I thought may have been Damon for a minute. Yeah, those are kind of the two opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got the big bombastic, like, evil that just emanates evil. And then there's the sweet little creature that just manipulates and coerces their way to the top of the food chain. Uh, Yeah, she's, she's real creepy. I love it. And she's a perfect reboot villain, I think. Oh, yeah. we have, I mean, we have the most bombastic villain. You know, Megabyte is, you know, larger than life, and Hexadecimal's crazy, and we can't figure out what she's doing. You know, we, we have those bases covered. We needed someone very different, and uh, Damon is very different. And I understand where, like, Megabyte and Hexadecimal haven't been able to take over the supercomputer, but I understand where Damon can you know absolutely so yeah i i really enjoy enjoy that as a character enjoy her as a character i should say absolutely good stuff so this episode just kind of like dives right in and you, you kind of have to catch up to find out like oh this is daemon and they don't really explain what she is and what she's doing until next episode or maybe even the third episode we're going to talk about today. And I just, I love that the feeling of playing catch up, but still it's like, it all works so well for this show. Well, that's what I'm saying. I was going to say that I think when you're playing catch up, I think sometimes that disenfranchises like the audience. I think it's harder to catch up, but you, when you do it well, it really works and it really works here. You know, because I, I, at no point was I like, now this is feeling choppy. You know, it just it, it jumped around and it did everything it was supposed to. And it felt fluid, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good, good, good. Let's get into some notes. Uh, we, we see Mainframe's Twin City. Like, we've yeah. heard about it before and we've seen Lost Angles, but we've never really seen the city. And it's very pretty. I mean, and you can see, you know, why people are so upset that it's gone. But uh, and then, of course, with that, we we meet uh, Wellman Matrix. Yeah. Or kind of meet him, I should say. Yeah. Is that. Um, here's the problem with these episodes is like they all kind of work together as one story. So it's hard to tell which one's this episode and which one's the next one. I think. I think when Nalzilla is formed, it yeah. speaks. Dot says that that's her father, but that's as far as we got. I th- yeah, that's the end of this episode. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, it, it's good. It's really good. Uh, um, what what yeah. do you think of the game with uh, the Austin Powers game? <laughs> it was interesting. It It was... I feel like the only reason they did it Austin Powersy was to have the realization that Matrix and Enzo are the same person and have them realize that because Enzo becomes Matrix's mini me. Yeah, it was it was slightly heavy handed, but 
humorous, but you know, slightly heavy-handed with that. I did really enjoy um, Frisket as Mister Bigglesworth, though. Yeah. That was that was worth that. <laughs> yeah, I think also the Austin Powers movies were very much a product of their time, and I don't enjoy them as much anymore. So that reference just kind of washes over me, and just whatever. Yeah, I watched a man of mystery over the Christmas break with my little cousins. And yeah, I certainly don't enjoy it. It, 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 If it came out now, it would never be the international, not international, but the phenomenon that it was. Yeah, definitely. And also, did you notice that? And I I saw this on Buzzfeed (laughs) talking about Austin powers, that his hair on his chest is shaped like a penis. And that is on purpose. Really? Never occurred to me when I saw it when I was younger. But he's got two patches on his chest and it goes down. But anyway, so back to reboot. <laughs> yes, very much back to reboot. Uh, yeah, there, there's a few uh, James Bond references as well. I, we've had several of these. Um, there's a meeting table and there's a shark tank. And it, it's referencing the Thunderball headquarters of the villain. And then apparently a shark has a laser beam attached to his head, which is another reference to Office and Powers, but I did not see that. I did notice that, actually. It's okay. it's just this, this huge gun-like thing on the shark. It was pretty ridiculous. I probably was jotting down a note but while that flashed on there. Right. And then I we did... also see a model of Fork Knox, which is an homage to Goldfinger. I, of all the James Bonds that I've seen, I've never seen Goldfinger. Oh, man. It's the one that everyone is, says is the best, which is actually not quite the best. But it's uh, it sets up a lot of the um, trends of James Bond, a lot of the staples. So that's why it's considered the best, I, I think. Did you? What did you say your favorite was? Did you say Skyfall was your favorite? Uh, before I saw Skyfall, I was watching the trailers and thought Skyfall might be my favorite. And then oh. I watched it and I was very much against it being my favorite. But then I rewatched it and was like, eh, it's up there. Um, I don't know. I wrote a whole blog post on it and don't remember what I what ended up with. Yeah. I do know that I got the Blu-ray set of all the James Bonds for like a hundred bucks on Black Friday, and it's glorious. That's and awesome. Need to watch them all again. Yeah, yeah. It's a little over four dollars per movie. That's really not bad. No. I didn't go out on Black Friday the first year. I didn't go out on Black Friday. That's Kinda what sad. Amazon is for. Now it's Cyber Monday. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> reboot. Uh, <laughs> at one point they referenced Bob as Guardian 452 and it made me think of uh, the Green Lanterns how there's like different segments uh, quadrants sectors is what they're called and yep. I, I was trying to look up see if 452 meant anything and I couldn't find anything important well, so. well we've talked about him being Guardian 452 before that's his designation yeah I, I just I tried to look up something important and see if it, there was any importance behind the number and didn't oh didn't find anything. Yeah, I think it was a it was a good start. I think we you know they introduced some huge characters. 
Um, and they're just, you can obviously tell this is going to be a large rollout, a big build. Um, so it's, it, it's, it was good. I enjoyed it. It definitely made me want to watch it again or watch the second one, which I watched this one a couple of days ago. Uh, and I didn't watch the second one right away and it kept me thinking like what's going on next. So it did its job. Very much so. And yeah, I, I just sat down and watched them all in a row. Uh, I might have watched this one the night before or something, but mostly I watched them all right to go, right in the row. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's, it is a very good beginning to this movie. Um, not much else to say about it without discussing the whole thing. Uh, got some quotes from it? Yeah, the only one that I had uh, is I just really like the, the the standard Bob quote. You know, this is bad. This is very bad. <laughs> he's yeah. got 78 guardians attacking him, and, you know, he still has time to stop and say how bad it is. <laughs> and it's very bad. Um, and that line is interesting because I think it's said in every episode by a different person in this this week. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, uh, Matrix says it once, and I think um, Hex says it once. I don't remember the last one, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, Good. Uh, And then we've got Mike the TV, of course, narrating. And he says something along the lines of, Will mainframe repel the overwhelming viral forces? Or will Damon's forces overwhelm? <laughs> Which is, I think, the best Mike quote yet, to yeah. be honest. Like, that is perfect. <laughs> it's just wonderfully awkward, I think, would be the best way to describe it. I agree. I agree. And then they had we had another standard reference. At one point, Dot uh, orders all guns at Section 4.01, which is, of course, the episode production number. They like to throw that in there everywhere. Yeah, because why not? Cool, good. And then I think they're co- just covering their ASCIIs was another <laughs> of my favorite lines. That Which, was really good. I wrote that one down too. Yeah, ASCII is uh, a code for computer programming, which we've talked about before, but it's been a while, so... Yeah, which I would have no idea what it was, except you know you told me on this podcast. So that's <laughs> well done. I actually n- kind of knew, like in the back of my head, if I had heard it, I would have been like, "I'm pretty sure that's a computer programming language." But then I looked it up, and sure enough, what do you know? <sighs> what do you want to move on to the second half? Yeah, why uh, don't we take it away? Let's do it. Yeah, right. You're in no shape to boot. Look, can you download the game stats? I'll try. The user is raiding this tomb that is one level below. He wins by reading from the scroll of life. It's just up ahead. Okay, sounds easy enough. Reboot! What's up? Well, I was hoping for a pair of 45s. Reboot! Bob! Awesome. Uh, we got episode 
1.2, which is cross nodes. The original air date is October 10th, 2001. Uh, it was written by Ian Pearson, Gavin Player, and Ian Wurr. The summary is that Damon sends Guardians to recruit Matrix and Andrea, while Dot and a weakened Bob are forced into a game. Hex undergoes a surprising change in the game, lands on her as well. Meanwhile, flashbacks to Teenage Dot reveal the events that led to destruction of Mainframe's Twin City and her father's nullification. And we got the first real appearance of Wellman Matrix. Uh, Dan, what do you what do you think is going on here? You like it so far? Oh yeah, great continuation. Uh, I love the designs of the flashback characters. They're just fantastic. Oh, Teenage Dot, super cute. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'd totally go for that. <laughs> she had just enough spunk to her to make her dangerous, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Wellman Matrix is very much the guy in Stargate, the movie. I believe it's I James Spader's character. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah he's you know talking about the stargate and everything it's it's pretty blatant and awesome because I, I don't think stargate was really huge until around this time i think the show started in like 97 the movie was like 94 but then the th second show started right around 2001 oh okay I believe. Let me fact check that real quick. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? I I enjoyed it. I, I you could tell it's obviously a continuation. We get to see David a little bit more and uh, kind of see her and how she rules her kingdom, uh, so to speak. And we you know the supercomputer. I uh, we didn't talk about in the first episode, but the supercomputer where her palace is. You know that's gorgeous and uh, very different from mainframe as it should be and uh, I know I really enjoyed that I, I enjoyed the character development um, yeah it was good awesome okay completely wrong Stargate SG-1 started in 97 but the, uh, Stargate Atlantis which is the second series started in 2004 so yeah oh, okay it was it was going, it just wasn't as huge as it is nowadays. Sure. I thought the game was pretty cool because it was it was kind of a Laura Croft Tomb Raider kind of game, but then they had um Brendan Fraser's character, Rick, from the Mummy as the mm -hmm. user, so it was kind of a cool mashup, I thought. That was kind of neat. Yeah, and I would totally play that game. I would too. I would too. Mummy Raider. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that leads me to one of my quotes. Uh, the user is raiding this tomb and wins by reading from the Book of Life. It's like, oh, thank you, exposition. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And, of course, it opens with a gospel tune sung by Mike in honor of Damon. And you know that his his dress, which is obviously like reminiscent of James Brown, mm -hmm. uh, but the first thing I thought of 
was um, Shirley and Dean Pelt dressed in the beginning of the third season when they sing. I don't know why. It's obviously James Brown, but uh, of the community. I don't know if I mentioned the community. You did not, but I, I was with you. I don't know if yeah, the listeners were. <laughs> but but I, that's what I thought of. Yeah, I flashbacked to Blues Brothers, the the original 1980s movie with, as it happens, James Brown singing a gospel piece in the church. And it, I mean, it, it's appropriate for Damon since she has this whole religious con um, concept to her, which it, in the second one, have they, they've already talked about the word, right? Yes, the word is Damon. Yeah, I... I love that. I love the fact that she's a virus and she's spreading her virus, but this is this is more than a virus. This is a religion. You know, this is a way of life. She is everything. She is the word. And that I don't know, I just really really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. And then Enzo's watching a movie about when Matrix got trapped in the net. I love that. It's They've so done this meta. A yeah. <laughs> they do that all the time, you know, where they have uh, other little binomes acting uh-huh. it out. And I always enjoy that. I think it's hilarious. And then, of course, like last season's finale when they did the whole recap of the show. And now this. It's so it's exactly. so self-referential and beautiful and ridiculous. It has to remind us all the time. I mean, I, I, I suppose it's been a long time, uh, a couple of years in between these seasons. So, you mm. know, maybe they do need to kind of remind us of that. But I was trying to figure out if I thought that Enzo was more annoying now <laughs> or if I just had, hadn't had to deal with him for a while. So I kind of forgot. You know, I, I don't know if he's extra annoying or if it's just normal annoying. I just haven't dealt with Enzo. <laughs> Well, this episode, his arc is, oh, I want to be more like Matrix, whereas last episode was, I'm not like Matrix at all. And yeah. so just the witchy-washiness nature of his uh, his character kind of is more annoying in that sense alone. Yeah, it's a little frustrating. Cause, I mean, I, and it's funny because I find that Enzo, I, I enjoyed Enzo a lot more the second time since we've watched this going through. But I've never really enjoyed Matrix because I always think anytime he does a little bit of com- uh, character development, it always just goes right back the next episode and he's trigger happy and he's angry and he's jealous and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, so I didn't like Enzo. I like him more than I did. I really don't care for Matrix, but now I have them both, you know, <laughs> right in front of me the, all the time. But it, it works. It works, but it's a little frustrating. Yeah, I think it works only in the juxtaposition of the two. I think if we only had one, it would be a lot more frustrating. That's probably true. That's very true. Um, I didn't really have a whole lot of notes for this one. I was just kind of watching the, um, uh, the 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 movie. You know, it's getting yeah. kind of in detail. Um, the you probably have more experience with this, but. Uh, Wellman did talk about the, uh, a ping, which my, you know, obviously has something to do with computer programs. I don't know if you have any idea what that is. Yeah, it's it's kind of like sonar. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it's it's sonar. It sends out the ping and then it bounces off something and you hear the boop back. So anytime you see sonar in a movie, that that's pings doing their job. Oh, okay, okay. So that makes sense if you're looking for other systems. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I like I like it because you know obviously I've watched Star Trek and stuff, and a big thing in Star Trek is like the first contact and how do they approach that. And well, I guess that's the next episode, isn't it? When when Bob first gets there, but um, you know, you you kind of you always see it from the from the perspective of the aliens, and not always from the perspective of the people who are trying to reach the aliens before they do. So um, that's I mean that's what Wellman's doing here. You know, he's just saying there are other worlds we have to find them, and you know, it's very forward thinking. Mm-hmm. And it usually ends with somebody saying, and destroy them. Exactly. Well, that's just dramatization. <laughs> yeah. Like like Stargate. That's kind of the plot of that movie. Anyways, yeah, I've never, I haven't seen it. It's, it's a good watch, if you like. It, it's kind of on par uh, production value-wise with a lot of sci-fi movies. I mean, it's it's a little better, but just from being in 1994 and uh you know a cheesy sci-fi it it kind of has that low production value but it, it's still sure. a movie sure we get to see Cecil you it's been a while since we've seen him yeah yeah and he says something along the lines of what is what am i a babysitter or i'm not a babysitter you know, it's typi- typical Cecil. Just being a grump. Mm-hmm. A very different kind of Frenchman from uh, yeah. uh, Damon. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, when Dot rebooted, she rebooted, rebooted uh, as her costume was modeled after Elizabeth Taylor uh, when she played Cleopatra. So mm-hmm. that was kind of, which I've never seen that movie either, but, you know, that's a very iconic image. Yeah, I think that's one of the classic movies that I also have not seen and need to. My uh my classic movie knowledge is shockingly poor and it's kind of a disgrace. I'm ashamed. Mine is too, but I just I don't see a lot of movies, so that's not my, you know, it's not my thing. Yeah. And the last reference I have is uh, we get a flash of the user's screen, and it's it's designed like the game Doom, which was the first first-person shooter. I played that years later, like well after it was cool to play Doom, and I, yeah. it is a it is a really good game. Uh, but I didn't play it at the time. I didn't have a computer until like I don't know two thousand something. So nice. Yeah, I I've been playing it off and on last couple of years with my friends on the Xbox cuz you can play it multiplayer now. Oh, that's cool. And it yeah, it's pretty sweet multiplayer. It's a, it's fun stuff. You just buy it with Xbox points or do they actually have the game? I don't know. It's it's I think you just download it. So yeah, Xbox points. Huh. I've never had huh. an Xbox, so I wouldn't I huh. don't know. I'm not on the in crowd. Oh, well. There's <laughs> There's a the newest episode of uh, um, South Park has it's a Game of Thrones reference the whole time of this big war, but it's 
you know, the Xbox people versus PlayStation people. And um, they're each equally snooty towards the other. I have an Xbox, but I used to have PlayStations. It's not a big deal. Blasphemy. I know. I'm a traitor. Uh, funny. Yeah, I, I got to uh, go watch that because that sounds awesome. It was pretty funny. And I like Game of Thrones, so it was great. Uh, and it was all centered on black And you faded out there. Didn't catch that end part. Well, it's fine. Um, and it, it all has to do with uh, Black Friday added to it, so it's even funnier, I think. Excellent. I shall look forward to viewing that. Do you want to move on to the third one, Dan? Yeah, why don't we? kind of run right. out of steam on that one. One more virus for the deletion chamber. He can hear you. So? Hey, Kilobyte, ready for oblivion? Do you have to be so callous? It's a virus, cadet. A dirty, no-use virus. Look, you don't know his story, what made him this way, A how user he... made him this way. A user programmed him to destroy, to infect, to corrupt. Why a user does such a thing is beyond our capacity to understand. So, <laughs> there's no point trying. I don't believe a user would knowingly release a virus on the net. Why, I forgot who I was talking to. I suppose you've written a readme on the psyche of users. Well, actually, I... You're never gonna pass the finals, kid. What? Guardians are here to mend and defend, okay? Not sit around trying to work out the way a user thinks and why viruses are introduced into systems. <laughs> I'm just glad the Prime Guardian hasn't seen any of your works. So, episode 4.1.3, titled What's Love Got to Do With It? Q song. Uh, originally aired October 26, 2001. Written by Ian Pearson, Gavin Blair, and Ian Weir. What a surprise. Huh. And in this episode, the truth about the destruction of the Twin Cities is revealed. As Bob recalls his days as a cadet, and Dot speaks with the knoll of her father. Matrix and Mouse go to the supercomputer to rescue Andrea, who has been teaching Damon about love. So, this is a very interesting episode. Yeah, we're finally getting into the meat of what's going on. Um, uh, everything has been building, and I think now we're, we're starting to, keep, to get to what we've been building to. Um, you know, we still have another episode, obviously, but a lot of stuff is going down now. Yeah, and the whole Andrea and Damon arc is is great. It's just it's cool seeing Damon, who's bent on destruction, but we don't really know that she's bent on destruction. She's right now all we really know is that she's bent on assimilating everyone to her ways to the word and she's trying to learn about love like uh yeah andrea says love conquers all so she's like really interesting i need to test this and see if love really does conquer all I really liked when she asked her little henchman, I, I don't know his name, like, do you love me? And he was like, well, of course I do. We all love you. And Andrea was like, it's not the same thing. You know, I just, I, I was, 
it was interesting her trying to figure that all out. Yeah, her her uh, assistant's name is Deacon or Dakin. Oh, uh, I think it's Deacon that you mention it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that. Um, not not a ton of notes here either because it's it's very much the middle of the story. Uh, right. I've got a note that says Kilobyte's design is sweet. He was kind of neat looking. Like, um, I mean, he he looked similar to Megabyte, just more animalistic. Yeah, Megabyte crossed with a Velociraptor. Basically, yeah. Um, the only I I only had a few notes as well. Um, when we go to Enz or uh, Fong's office, I thought it was kind of cute of Fong. He had uh. You know, all these pictures of Dot and uh, young Enzo and all that stuff in his office. I thought that was kind of cool. Fong's yeah. a nice guy. Yeah, it had, like, screenshots from the previous seasons. Right. Good stuff there. Uh, we've got somebody saying we've got a 403 in progress. Episode 4.03 is the production number. Right. Yeah, that was that was what was her name? Dixon, I think. Dixon, yeah. Yeah, that was Bob's partner. Um trying to think of some other You know, there's this whole war going on and frickin' users have no respect for the war because they just keep dropping their games at inconvenient times. Yeah, I mean, once you got a virus, you got to take care of that, you know, run run a antivirus. Take care of this, it anything you could do but let stop just ignoring the problem and moving forward whatever i i literally just had this realization that like if there is a world inside your computer when you like defragment stuff you're really just like taking bits of their world and just rearranging it and deleting them yeah that's that's ridiculous <laughs> um the only quote that i wrote down is i really liked when uh Dot rebooted, and she goes, well, I was hoping for a pair of 45s. Oh, wait, yeah. no, that was last, and I'm looking at the wrong. Is that the, no, is that the right? Yeah, that was last episode, because it was the uh, mummy. Right. Yeah, it was the Tomb Raider. Right, I just looked at the wrong one, my bad. But I that was a previous quote that I really enjoyed. Yeah. You know, because she, she is more comfortable with wet firepower, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, in this episode, uh, quotes I've got is, I am become meg- uh, gigabyte destroyer of systems, which we've right. talked about before in the episode titled Gigabyte, where Gigabyte shows for the first time. But here yeah, we was... get the origin of Gigabyte, which is really sweet. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's fine. Um, it, 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 it was slightly confusing when you think about how we know Gigabyte uh, it was a you know a combination of hex and megabyte, and really, uh, and we assumed at least when we watched it in that episode, which I think was entitled Gigabyte, you know we assumed that was the first time that hex and uh, megabyte were joined to create Gigabyte. But we learned from this episode that Gigabyte was the first thing around, mm-hmm. or at least, or, and was split to become hex and Megamite in the explosion with um, Wellman Matrix and and the Gateway and everything, which is, this would be retcon then, right? Uh, yes, in a way. 
Yeah, um, so I kinda. It, it it's tricky because yes, it is retconning, but not really because it doesn't change anything they did before. It just explains stuff that was uh, empty space. So uh, really, it's more just backstory than actual retconning. But you could argue either way because it's assumed that you know that they are their own people. That's true. Yeah, I liked I that whole cool. sequence. I did too. I thought at first when I first was looking at it, I thought it was slightly unnecessary. Uh, but then I realized how kind of interesting that is, how that all works and how it's all tied together. And part of the reason why, like, they, you know, it's Deacon or Dakin, whatever, keeps mentioning how mainframe is unique and different and powerful and, you know, because they've got a virus helping them and they've got guardians and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's part of the reason it's all intertwined. You know, they're all mainframers above everything else. Yeah, it, it's great. It, I mean, just seeing Kilobyte at first, I was like, that's a really cool design. And then it's like, oh, no, the virus is upgrading. Oh, he's going to turn into Megabyte. That's going to be his origin. Nope, he, jumps a, he skips a level, which they explain, and turns into Gigabyte. And then Gigabyte disappears, and lands in the twin city and they then it explodes which is not explicitly clear what happens exactly like do they explode and then the energy from them exploding or does gigabyte divide oh um yeah i don't know like i'm not sure i think that's just kind of left up to the to the viewer to kind of figure out and decide yeah I th- I think it's kind of the shock of the gateway that Hel- Wellman is making, and it, it actually works and connects, and then drags Gigabyte to their world to Mainframe's Twin City, and just the shock of it actually working and not being calibrated right just ex- makes it explode, and that uh, hits Gigabyte, which then adds to that energy and explodes the entire city and then they split that's my understanding i i mean i think that makes sense because they don't really explicitly tell you any other reason and that's kind of i think the the simplest explanation Mm -hmm. do you find you think gigabyte is more or less dangerous than hexadecimal and megabyte as two entities well, at this point, definitely more so because megabytes non-existent and hexadecimals kind of tame. Um, but in in the previous seasons, though, it's hard to say because I mean, we we've discussed it. Like megabytes plans always go wrong, and hexadecimal never really tries to like get a massive plan going. And if she did, she'd probably succeed. But That's true. I think at their very best, and if they were working together, they would be a lot more dangerous than Gigabyte. But Gigabyte just has the brute strength more so than anything that makes right. it more dangerous. And, you know, and that's something I found pretty funny just for myself because I've always said that I find Hexadecimal, there's something alluring about her. 
Uh, now that she's tame, I think she's super boring. Like right? when she's when she's crazy and psychotic, I'm like, wow, she's pretty sexy. And then she's tame, and I'm like, oh, let's just be done Yun. with this. <laughs> uh, I like how she asked Dot though if she were and she and Bob were an item. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because her only story now is that she's really into Bob and kind of trying to seduce him. You're right. Which she's been kind of doing that for four seasons now, every now and then, but now it's just it's too obvious. There's just too much, yeah. I agree. Uh, the only real reference I have is um, Matrix is going through games trying to get to the supercomputer <clears throat> to find Andrea. And he gets into a boxing game and, you know, wins and then stands up in the corner and shouts, Andrea, very much <laughs> like Rocky. Which really works because it's Adrian, right, is mm-hmm. what he says yeah. in Rocky. So, I mean, it, it's not even a far stretch. No, from it, it's pretty much the same letters. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that Michael uh, Benier voiced the Cadet Bob, which was the guy who voiced uh, in the first two seasons, uh, yeah. voiced Bob. I thought that was smart of them to have him come back because, you know, voices change over time. Exactly. And and, it, and new Bob is very different in his voice. Uh, and I think I do. I think we've talked about this. I think I do like Michael, uh, which is the older old Bob voice better. Not that this new guy's any any worse. I can't remember his name at the moment, but. I just I, I for the character I think I like the older one better. So it's better. It's cool that he came back as Cadet Bob. Yeah, definitely. Good, good. Uh anything else on this one? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Um the only thing I really wrote down was just Matrix running off with Mouse. Like and like I mentioned before, is whenever every little character development he gets just gets shoved right back down because it's just, oh, I'm going to run off and I'm going to take on this super virus because I can do this kind of thing. And it's just no concept for protecting his home or anything. But, you know, whatever. That's what he does. He's got to save Andrea. I mean, I would want to, I would want to save Andrea. She's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, they, they get to Damon and the supercomputer and... Get corrupted, get infected. Well, I mean, it's like, did did they expect anything different? <laughs> I didn't even have a plan. Yeah, it's but. just crazy, like how easily she infects. Yeah, and like her powers seem virtually unfathomable. Really, like she can do anything. So I don't know. Uh, you ready to move into the fourth one? Yeah, why not? See if you can catch my fastball. You'll have to do better than that. Alphanumeric. How is Enzo taking your transformation? Well... Haifong, Dad's a gnome monster now. It's so cool. He can change shape and things. Hey, there's Frisket. Quite well, actually. 
All right, so we got episode 4.1.4, Sacrifice, which was the original air date, was November 2nd, 2001. Uh, it was written by Ian Piercing, Gavin Blair, Phil Mitchell, and uh, Ian Weir. The summary, with Damon on Mainframe's doorstep, Dot sends Enzo, Hack, Slash, and Frisket to safety within a GameCube in the event that Mainframe is destroyed. Hexadecimal sacrifices herself to save Bob and Mainframe, as well as leaving behind a mysterious gift in Enzo's icon. Enzo defies Dot's orders, beats the user, and returns to save his friends. Uh, so this is the finale of this little movie, Damon Rising. Uh, of course, it's, it's uh, titled Sacrifice. Uh, what do you think, Dan? It's good. Uh, not what I expected when I read the title about the ending. With, uh, yeah, hexadecimal sacrificing yourself. It's, yeah, it's, I kind of assumed it was going to be Bob or something, not hexadecimal. Yeah. Which, which kind of turns this whole story into her arc a little bit. It, like, it becomes about her somewhat. Because it shows her origin and her death. Yeah, that's well, that's true. I didn't think about that. We start, we go all the way back prior to the first episode of Hexadecimal, and you know, seeing her being born, and this is how we end. That's I, I never thought about that. It truly is her arc, which almost makes me wish we spent a little more time with her over the past few. Let me rephrase. That makes me wish we spent more time with her that wasn't her pining after Bob. I agree. She's she's much better when she's just going psycho and just destroying things. But when she's, you know, hey, Dot, I'm thinking about going after Bob. What do you think? Like, I mean, it's just, no, that is not the best use of Exodesimal. No, very much not. <sighs> Yeah, but I I agree with you though. I think this this was an awesome wrap up. Uh, it wasn't too. I think it tied what it was supposed to, but it didn't kind of over overdo it. I think, um, and I I enjoyed it. I I was very very happy to with the ending. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a very good ending to the series on as a whole, but I'm glad we have the My Two Bobs movie to make it a little bit more of a lighthearted ending as opposed to ending on freaking hexadecimal dividing herself up across the entire net to save everybody. I, I just, it's really interesting. I It makes sense that she would do that, but even four episodes ago, or I wouldn't imagine she would do that. You know, there's just been so much development in hexadecimal as a character like I, and it didn't feel like a stretch and i feel like it, it could have easily have been a stretch um so i don't know it was it was good i i really enjoyed watching that and i'm a fan of hexadecimal i've always been a fan of hexadecimal and i you know i'm glad to see that that me being a fan uh wasn't in vain yeah definitely uh for me it's kind of on the border of being a stretch I, I just I wish we had seen her do some more interesting stuff in the last few episodes. Yeah, I mean, I think she, I mean, she did it for Bob. I don't think she did it for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And you know, to, to 
to say that she did it for everyone else would be a stretch, but I think she did it for Bob, which I guess, you know, it could be a stretch, but I, I think it worked. I think it could have been much worse. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's really interesting how that, what uh, her plan, well, Damon's plan is uh, infect everyone and then the crown virus happens, which is we get hinted at last episode it's a it's a countdown that then everyone just self-destructs and of course cron is a um, play on the word chronos the greek word which means time which was just cool actually i I, we didn't talk about it when when uh she had uh deacon do it Mm -hmm. you know that it is it's kind of kind of morbid to have someone count down their own death yeah, and then you realize that like when when she hits that time when that hourglass empties and she st- starts counting down with everyone else, it's like, oh man, that little bit in the last episode is so much more than just a little thing. It is. You're right. Absolutely. Great foreshadowing. Yeah, just the entire structure of the way this the whole story was told is is great it's very cinematic it's very smart and it, it's just fantastic it's, it's the the little bits of that back and forth of the the foreshadowing and the flashbacks and everything just it works beautifully I, and I think it was in the last episode, um, but there was just a moment when Dot is in the war room with everybody and she just she comes up with this plan, you know, you know, my dad and Fong are going to do this and Mouse is going to do this. And, you know, and it, it really kind of just reminded me how much this show has evolved, because in the first season, you know, Dot was, you know, kick ass, but nowhere near what she is now. And that in all in, in some ways, that's just very indicative of how the storyline has really become more intricate. And, you know, you've, you've got all these characters and you've got everything combining together to fight this this super virus. And I, I love first season reboot. Just it's nowhere near what it is now, is my point. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's, I think first season would have been Bob just runs in and tries to punch out day uh, demon demon and uh sorry dot tries to stop him stop him be like no we have to have a plan but he doesn't listen and then glitch somehow saves the day along with frisket yeah and now you know you can't do that anymore the the stakes have risen a little bit yeah very much so did you have any references or anything? Uh, references? I have zero. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any either. I mean, Dot tells Hack and Slash Plan 4.04, the production number again. Right. But yeah, other than that, no. I think I was just too engrossed in what was happening and how it was going to end that I, you know, I wasn't really paying attention for little references. And I think they were too when they were writing this one, and that's why it's so like incredible. Uh, that's possible. I never thought about that. 
and it's it's very poetic that hexadecimal not only is it her story but it's also the story of the gateway because we see the beginning of the gateway and then the end of the gateway (laughs) as as how the gateway helped create hexadecimal and then destroys her ultimately when she chooses to sacrifice herself to save bob and coincidentally the rest of the net yeah i'm just i was looking up to see if there's any other references or anything and not not really now yeah. that we haven't talked um, i like the idea um that damon is a cron virus I, I it makes sense that um something that powerful would have to have some kind of inherent weakness and it leads and, to a great conversation in the show. Uh, I forget who's talking about it, but the, they say, like, this was created by a user. And then, like, who would do something like that? Like, that's that's awful. Who would want to create something that would just destroy so much? That's true. Um, and, they, you know, we talked about it in a previous episode where Bob, you know, couldn't imagine that a, a virus would be created by a user, which of course happens all the time. Um, you know, looking at it from the outside in. Mm-hmm. I do really enjoy the that um, and Enzo has to make Frisket bite Matrix in order to snap him out of the virus. It's like you're not going to hurt. Yes. Frisket, or would you hurt Dot or Bob or Fong? And Matrix like, <laughs> no. Like, Add a boy, Frisket. Who would win in fight, uh, Frisket or Matrix? Oh, Frisket. Matrix would get cocky or something. Yeah, of course. I Frisket, totally agree. Yeah, his 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 main goal in life would be to to win that fight where Matrix would, you know, unless he uses Death Blossom mode on his gun, you know, then I I, I imagine Frisket would totally win. Yeah. Which is, I, I, I don't know why, but, I mean, we talked about it before, but I just remember now you're talking about it, Matrix and Megabyte fighting, you know, that was basically just two giant egos smashing against each yeah. other. But that was fun. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very different than this battle, which is very much a psychological fight. Yeah, that's true. There's really not a whole lot of action if you think about these last four episodes. I mean, there's there's some when the guardians come, and there's you know, and, and uh, Enzo shoots all, or excuse me, Matrix shoots all the you know missiles and stuff at them at the guardians, and there's some fighting here and there, but really, this has been a fairly there's not been a lot of action. No, no. I forgot to mention um, at one of the times when the Guardian attacked, there were some CPOs, or CPUs, you know, defending mainframe, and I did see a glimpse of Algernon. Nice. So he's still around. That's good. It's important. Yeah, I didn't have anything more. I really enjoyed this, and I, I think you really nailed it down. That if anything, this has been cinematic. Uh, they did a really good job. The 
the rise and fall made sense. We learned a lot about important characters. Um, and it just overall was, was a great four episode arc mini movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd love to watch the entire movie edit. I don't know if they cut anything out. I don't think so. I just would like it without the obvious places where they put commercials. Right. Which, you know, that happens and it's, we'll, yeah. we'll never get to see that probably, but. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. You know what? One thing we didn't talk about was just Turbo um, discussing how, in a way, like Damon is right that there's there's too much chaos for police. You know, they they can't police everything even before all of this infection. And that this you you know he didn't, he obviously doesn't agree with the unity uh, under one voice, which would you know which would be Damon. But the idea that chaos is too much and that sometimes they need a little order um that that was coming out of turbo mm -hmm. yeah pretty, pretty pretty interesting it does bring up some good points about the show interesting questions about like is she right is she not but he was also infected at the time and he was trying to fight it off so oh. you can't really hold that as his thoughts, but then again, like, would those thoughts exist? I, I mean, would would he be thinking that even if he was not infected? Is what I'm trying to say. I think. I I see what you're saying. I mean, and Bob did mention it, but I I took it as that was Turbo's real thought uh, without the infection. Yeah. Uh, but. I guess I mean you could go multiple ways. That I I kind of see it as his thoughts, but he's he wouldn't really think that fully. He would just kind of have that inkling in the back of his head, were he not infected. Just be like, he, you know, she's got a point. Right, that makes sense, especially since you know he's he was taken over and had been fighting for so long. Uh, you know, you you just kind of break down your resolve and you, you speak a little more honestly. Yeah. Well, I am about talked out on these four. I am too. They were great. I really enjoyed them. Um, you really just got to watch them too. There's just a lot of stuff going on and it, it's very cinematic and very well done. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the great part about it is, like, if you have an hour and a half to kill and you want to watch a movie, you can throw this in and it would work for you. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it was good. I guess we'll do the the next mini-series uh, next time, and that may possibly be the last episode. We're not sure, but, you know, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, uh, definitely shoot us an email, mainframechronicle at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, get into some scores and then we'll sign off and call it a night. Absolutely. And again, Dan, congratulations both to you and De Devin. I think it'll be awesome and you know, can't wait to see how awesome it is.
started out strong and then just built on itself and continued to get better to a very good climactic ending. Uh, and I think that you'll see that reflected in my scores. So I gave this one uh, 8.5 um, nibbles, uh, just because I like the idea that nibbles is becoming important again. Yeah, it was, it was nice of them to tie even the small bits in. Exactly. Great. Exactly. What about you, Dan? Uh, I I went with I I agree it's a great start I wasn't too excited by it though uh, so eight unsolicited yet very ex- excellent backstories <laughs> that works <laughs> uh, and then we move on to what's love got to do with it is that the next one no cross nope. nodes nope. cross nodes two. yep. Uh, which again, I, 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 it's hard to talk about this one uh, separately from the other ones. I think uh, just because we've now got to kind of a middle, uh, so I'm going to drop that to uh, seven point five uh, pairs of guns or pairs of forty fives. Not that it's bad or anything. It's just hard to distinguish uh, between. Them. So, what about you, Dan? Yeah, I um I I did like it a little bit more than the last episode. It just it it was the middle, so it didn't have as much to it. It wasn't as impactful on the story as a whole. So I'm gonna I'm gonna remain even at an eight, but it'll be eight gospel tunes. <laughs> Very good. Uh now we're at what's uh, love got to do with to it. What's love got to do with it? Uh, which again, uh, I think was pretty good, and I think uh, this is when it started to really come together, um, and you could see where the climax is is, is going, or at least, you know maybe not specifically uh, going. So I'm going to give that a nine, and just uh, just a nine destroyer of systems uh, as an homage to our friend Gigabyte. Nice. I like it. What about you? What about me? I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, one of my favorite episodes. There's just so much going on. I love the backstory. I love that it ties everything together really nicely. It's like the rug and uh, 
Big Lebowski just ties everything together. And it's it's a lot of fun on top of everything. So I'm going to go with 9.5 double viral upgrades. Well done. Well done. And then, of course, we move into the last one here. Uh, sacrifice. Sacrifice. Of course, um, we have to say goodbye to our good friend, Hexadecimal. Uh, and because of that, because she's a uh a folk you know a very an important main character uh and specifically because of the way she's going on i i gotta give her 10 and i'm gonna give 10 cron viruses nice and what about you dan yeah it's it's great i love it a lot it's it's just beautiful i don't think it's as good as the last episode even though it does end the show perfectly uh, we've got to go with 9.5. Even though it's not quite as good, it, it still deserves a 9.5 long-range scanners. Fair enough. No, that makes sense. It was it was kind of difficult to, to decide, but since I was um, satisfied, beyond satisfied, with the conclusion of this, I figured, well, obviously I have to, I have to get a full 10, but... I'm just giving it slight room to grow in the next four episodes. Possibly, possibly might have an episode better than this. I doubt it, but maybe, maybe it'll happen. I'm kind of excited. What was a tale of two bobs or something? I've read, uh, you know, reading through reboot type uh, websites and stuff. I've heard that referenced a lot, so I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, it's it's a good one from what I remember watching it a few years ago. Um, but again, it's been a while, so I don't really know what's going on with it. Fair enough. Well, I think that's all we have. I think that's accurate. I think we are done, (laughs) (laughs) which is crazy. Sorry. It took so long for us to get it out. Life happened. Yes. Yes. And it's my fault. Not Dan's. That's for sure. But uh, I'm glad we finally got it out and 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 ready to go because you know I I do enjoy we talked about it I really love watching reboot and I love talking about it so I'm excited we got it done. Really, we just don't want it to be over, and so postponing it it's our way of saying we love the show. Exactly, exactly. So, so. as always, thank you for listening and. Uh, Send us an email at mayframechronicle at gmail.com. Let us know if you want us to discuss the miscellaneous reboot stuff that's out there. We'll try to dig up everything we can and talk about it. And, yeah, if you want to leave us feedback at our website, you could do so at mainframechronicle.blogspot.com. Please find us on Facebook and rate and review us on iTunes. Those are good places to contact us as well. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you could do that at MF Chronicle. Again, sorry, we don't really use the Twitter much. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's not something that I am thrilled by. I don't really enjoy the Twitters very much, as much I as I either. should. They're, it's a wonderful thing. It's a great tool. I just, I'm not a huge fan either. So, yeah. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you could do that at AmazingBass. That's Amazing B-A-S-S. 
And Joey is Baby Kangaroo baby. 90. That's correct. Because baby kangaroos are called Joey's, and he's Joey. I know. He was born in I'm New a York. really witty person. I don't know you if really you know really are. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we enjoy it. I hope we probably enjoy it more than you do, but hopefully we enjoy it at the same amount. But uh, uh, do you have anything else to plug, Dan? Uh, you can check out our other podcasts at almppodcasts.blogspot.com, and those are the... Colson Lives podcast, the Cinemasters podcast, and the Rogue Arrow podcast. And as always, I am Daniel Jaynes. And I am Joey Morris. Stay frosty, my friend. I infect the entire net. I have spread through systems, peoples, and cities from this place, mainframe. My format, Virus, the Queen of Chaos. <laughs> Mainframe Chronicle is an autological media productions podcast. Please leave us feedback over at mainframechronicle.blogspot.com or by sending us an email at mainframechronicle at gmail.com. You may follow us on Twitter at MF Chronicle, and please rate and review us on iTunes and like us on Facebook. If you'd like to check out our other podcasts, go to almppodcasts.blogspot.com. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>